Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story of exposing a friend to their parents. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is my coworker is a fraudster. There are either good coworkers or absolutely horrible coworkers. A lot of the time, there's no in between. I got the employee of the month badge a few nights ago, and when I went out with my friends to celebrate, we reminisced a little and I couldn't help but think back to this point last year. I've always been a very high achiever. Right from when I was a little kid, I had to be above all my classmates to remain valid. My parents didn't really help with the mindset, pressuring me to do even better and making me feel like the worst person if anyone got even one mark above mine. I continued like that from the time until high school when we had to choose careers. It seemed like a no-brainer going into finance. I was a whiz at math, representing my school and statewide and even nationwide competitions. I was squeamish around blood, besides my own, so I couldn't get into medicine or nursing or anything close. And while I liked math and physics and calculations, engineering didn't really seem to be for me either. My parents still encouraged me to do a professional course, and since I didn't have any other hobbies or interests developed, I agreed with them and chose accounting and finance as my best bet. Now college was fun, I won't lie, despite wanting to die 70% of the time, I was still the same overachieving teacher's pet who needed to please all my professors and parents. I also loved how my classmates and I had to dress professionally and formally for class. It was all part of the appeal. In my junior year of uni, I started to pursue an internship and it was unrealistically hard to find one that suited me just right. They were either all too male-dominated and sexist, belittled my intending career as an accountant, or just offered me the job of a secretary. I kept running into these sorts of firms for a really long while, and it really stressed me out. During a long call with a cousin, she let me know that the company she worked at was hiring interns all around. She warned me that while it was a very rigid and selective process, she would do her best to ensure that I got in, as long as I also did my best at the interview. The interview was a little weird, with two male interviewers being somewhat coy and maybe even flirty. When I asked about hobbies, I made sure to mention that I loved math and was excellent at it. Now, I kid you not, but the look on these men's faces was similar to telling a child you know how to juggle. They began to throw random math questions, giggling between themselves when I had the answers. The entire thing was honestly so confusing and weird, but I managed to get through with my composure intact. I didn't expect a call back from the firm, so I continued to search other places for nearly two weeks. And on the absolute worst day I had ever had, I got a call that I was set to begin work the very next week. I had never been more excited in my life. I got new clothes that weekend, got a new haircut, and even fit my schedule around. The first thing I noticed was that it was a pretty big firm. 
so I would hardly have any time to see my cousin at all, besides my very short lunch breaks. Also, the department that I worked at had the most employees and the least number of interns. We, the interns, were given nicknames, I was Math Girl, as well as nearly the entire workload. We took turns doing coffee runs and running the most stupid errands. It quickly drained all the excitement I had, making me too tired to even get up from bed sometimes. Now, as a go-getter that I was so used to being proactive, this was very stressful for me. I felt completely useless and needed something substantial to do, so I dressed myself up in my best shirt and pants combo and my highest heels that screamed powerful woman to me, and I marched up to the man who introduced himself to all the interns as the boss. I let him know that I didn't like just being a placeholder in the office, and I came to learn as an intern. He looked bored as I went on and on about all my capabilities, but he didn't interrupt me until I finished speaking. When I was done, he quietly reached behind him and pulled out some folders, handing them to me and telling me to figure out what they were. They were account reports for all the years that the firm had been existing. I assumed that these were his own personal documents, and I carefully looked at them for hours on end. A lot of the records from the same time period were not aligning. My brain was so excited to work on it that I didn't realize that the time had passed and I was almost the only one in the office on my floor. I put the files on my desk and forgot about them for the weekend until Monday came and I had to turn in the documents. The boss wasn't in and rumor did not be around for a while, so I had to answer to one of the guys who interviewed me in HR. We'll call him Chad because that's exactly what he acted like. He was loud and joked brashly when the boss wasn't around. He spent a lot of money on lunch and basically lounged around as if there wasn't anything to be done. Maybe it's just me being a goody two-shoes, but it seemed wrong how lax the office was and how many pizza parties were happening, especially with it being a Monday. I attempted to ask Chad about turning in the files and he just mocked me in front of all the other co-workers until my face was bright red with embarrassment. When he was done, he finally let me know where the file closet was and I basically ran there. It was a dusty, musty, and crusty closet that had way too much dust settled on everything on it, cobwebs all over the entire place. It looked like a janitor's closet that was turned into a file dump. Because of how embarrassed I was, I swore to myself that I wouldn't leave the closet until I knew the coast was clear. Staying idle isn't exactly my forte, as you've figured out, so I started to sort through the files to see if they were arranged according to dates. They were not, and before long, I was lost in a rabbit hole of sorting and arranging files. It was a little weird to me that in such a modern age, the firm still decided to use paper filing systems instead of just using computers, but as an ordinary intern, there wasn't much I could ask or say without seeming weird or too inquisitive. By the day's end, I'd figured out a way to sort nearly half the closet before the workday ended, and I'd also realized that a lot of the information on the documents from the same dates weren't identical, and the ones that had been approved by the boss were the ones that looked incomplete. I made it my sole purpose to figure out if I was just sticking my nose in what didn't concern me. I first tried to talk about my findings to my cousin, but she told me that she wasn't paid enough to care, so I took it to my coworker that I was friends with. She was much older than me, but we shared similar interests in things like math and makeup, so it wasn't hard speaking to her. 
Plus, being an intern meant that I wasn't really given much respect by the staff. What started as a means to just keep me busy was launched into a full-on investigation with my friend. As we stayed till late every day after work, putting figures and numbers together to make things add up. Because we were the accounting and finance department of the firm, all of the money that came into the company was first recorded here. The records were all duplicates of threes and fours, but a lot of info was missing or randomly filled in. Whoever did the calculations must have either been in a hurry or just plain careless. I had the good mind to email my findings to the boss, but my friend advised me that it was better if we waited until he came back into the office. My cousin, who wanted nothing to do with the situation, also advised the same, and so I listened to them and waited. It was a stressful wait, and after some time I started to feel a little unsure about my decision. What if the boss knew about all the fraud that was taking place, and decided that I was a snitch and kicked me out of the firm? I would never get a job in the finance world again, and I would be a total outcast. The thought alone sent fearful shivers down my spine, but I tried to think positively. I went mainly unnoticed by the rest of the office for a long month steering clear of their way and continuing to snoop around. Chad didn't really make it a secret, to me anyway, that he wasn't being straightforward. He and his other members of whatever little group that he had formed continued to use the workplace for everything other than actually working. Another entire month passed before the boss came back to the office, and once he did, the first person he asked for was me and the files I was asked to sort. I went into his office scared as heck, delivering a short presentation of everything I'd found out to him. He had a very expressionless look on his face as he listened, and once I was done, he thanked me and asked me to excuse him from his office. On my way out, Chad caught me and quietly teased me, snickering under his breath like a high school bully. I paid him no mind and went back to my desk with my heart in my throat. The boss didn't call Chad in, and nor did he speak to me until I left. However, when I came in the next morning, Chad's desk had been cleared, as well as five other people in the office. There's murmurs here and there about what happened, and after some snooping, my work friend and cousin let me know that the boss was suing Chad and a few other of his accomplices for money laundering and workplace fraud. There was no direct reference to me being the one to expose them, and I was more than thankful for it because I didn't want to be known. However, for the rest of the time that I worked at the firm, my salary came with a hefty bonus. I had to leave the firm after six months because my internship time was over, and I was given a glowing letter of recommendation to wherever would be my next workplace. Just before I graduated from college, I started working at a new place, and after my interview was concluded, I was given a higher position than what I applied for. It was such a huge thing for me because a secret fear of mine had always been never getting a good enough job and struggling for the rest of my life. It's been an entire year since the situation played out, and while my older friend slash ex-coworker from the firm and my cousin are the only ones beside me that knew about it initially, I've been able to make some new friends at work and let them in on it. No one knows a thing about Chad or where he is, but I'm always going to be super proud of myself for being brave enough to do something like that. When I hear stories like this, I'm always really impressed that people are willing to share it, even though, you know, it's definitely anonymous. 
If you took part in a situation like this that led to some kind of big money situation, a big lawsuit, is that the kind of thing you'd want to keep under wraps that you just wouldn't tell maybe even to your closest friends? Or with a little bit of anonymity, would you not mind telling a story like OP shared here? I'd like to know your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is I exposed my friend to his parents. I exposed my friend's secret to his parents and my reason will surprise you. I grew up in a small town where everyone knew everyone and parents competed with one another on who had the most well-behaved and most successful children. Many parents tried hard to prove that they were raising kids who were respectful of elders and had certain values instilled in them. I was 12 when a new family moved into the building just opposite our house. The family consisted of an African immigrant couple and their son. Their only child and I soon became friends. He was a good kid, nice and respectful, the kind of young boy that African elders loved. His parents are typical strict immigrant parents. They were very stern and heavily policed their child. It certainly didn't help that my friend was the only child. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. His parents had many expectations from him and were dedicated to making sure he had a good life and a decent career. The problem, though, was that he and his parents had a different idea of what a good life and decent career was. My parents are also immigrants, but they weren't so strict. They would have supported me if I chose an unconventional career path, but I didn't. I wanted a conventional life, career, and family too. The plan was always to go to college, study to be an accountant, get a job at some great law firm, and start a family. My friend on the other hand was to go to college, and after finishing college, head to law school. That was the plan his parents had for him. The only other option was that he becomes a doctor. Being a doctor or a lawyer were the options his parents presented to him. They would never let him do something else. They didn't even leave him any choice. They simply told him those were his options. My friend had other plans though. He wanted to be an artist. He drew so well and wanted to pursue a career in it, but he wasn't even bold enough to tell his parents. He had his art exhibited many times in high school, but he never invited his parents to see or showed them. He was worried that they would discourage him, so he didn't bother. My friend was a straight-A student. He did very well in school, and his parents were proud and more convinced that he'd become the lawyer's son they wanted. When we were sending out college applications, I tried to make him tell his parents about what he really wanted to do. 
My friend's happiness mattered to me, and I hated to see him study a course he didn't like. He refused to listen to me, and was convinced that his parents would immediately disown him if they found out that his passion was visual art. He was also worried that they won't pay for college, so he went along with their plans for him. I decided to let it be when I saw that he was happy to do whatever his parents liked. It didn't look like he was going to struggle anyway. He was already doing well in school and was a whiz kid compared to me who struggled to make A's. We were accepted into the same university and it was the best news ever. Our parents had a small party in our honor. It was surreal. Naturally, we chose to be roommates in college, but we had to ask my aunt who worked as a staff at the university to do us that favor. Our parents encouraged us to stay together too. His parents were particularly interested in us living together. My friend's an only child and was quite lonely as a child. His parents have always been happy about our friendship. They treated me like their son too. In school, he majored in political science and I studied accounting. The first semester in our first year wasn't bad at all. We were both determined to succeed and took classes and academic work seriously. Everything changed after that. The next semester, my friend complained many times about not finding his course interesting. I encouraged him to start drawing again. He didn't exactly like the subjects in high school, but I think drawing and painting made it a lot easier for him. He did that, and his work started to gain attention on campus. People contacted him to paint their loved ones and present the paintings to them as gifts. He was doing what he loved and making money from it. Still, my friend wasn't satisfied. He felt bad that his attention was divided and that he wasn't getting flawless results like he used to. I, on the other hand, was doing so well academically compared to my results in high school. The ones I got in college were great. I was excited, but my friend didn't share in my joy or even bother to hide it. I was telling him one day about a professor praising me after a lecture, and he frowned his face and said nothing. I could have been annoyed at his reaction to my success, but I was willing to understand him. I figured he was in a bad mood or something had upset him during the day, so I went out and shared my good news with neighbors. My roommate and friends soon got worse with time. He hardly attended classes and was mostly always in the room, drinking and sleeping. I tried many times to talk to him about it, but he would just shun me. It was almost like he was starting to see me as his enemy. In the next session, I wasn't interested in being roommates with him anymore, and I made this clear to him, that there was no point staying in the same room as my friend if we were like strangers. He asked to talk and apologized for his bad attitude. He said he was struggling with school and his results were bad. He wasn't used to getting bad results. And being around me, who was doing well academically, triggered him. My mom encouraged me to forgive him and be roommates again. She agreed that it would be tough for him to go from being a brilliant kid in school to someone who was struggling in his academics. What my mom didn't mention was that one of the reasons he threw tantrums was because he was used to being the one who did well and that I was the one who needed an extra tutor. I knew that it wasn't just about him. My friend was jealous of me too, but I chose not to think about it too much. For the sake of friendship, I agreed once again to be his roommate. This time, we decided it was best to get our apartment rather than stay in the school's dorm. Things only got worse in the second year, though at first he had no attitude. He got laxer about his studies and stopped attending classes altogether. I was reluctant to talk to him about it, but when I was finally able to, 
He confessed to me that he had dropped out, but didn't want to tell me because he was scared I would judge him. I didn't understand what he was on about. I was the last person to judge him and he knew that. If anything, I'm the only one in his life who tried to make him pursue his passion, but he was too scared to color out of the lines. You can't tell my parents though, or yours, he said. I'm not ready to break the news to them just yet. Sure, I was certainly not going to tell his parents about it. It wasn't in my place to do that anyway. My friend became very intolerable and annoying. He hated seeing me study. At some point, I had to start going to the library just so I won't trigger him. He would go weeks ignoring me too. At some point, I became very fine with it and just let him do whatever. I stopped trying to get him to talk and became good friends with our neighbors. One thing was sure though, I could never agree to live with him again. It became so bad that he was not only curt with me, but he also behaved himself badly whenever I had company. He extended passive aggression to my guests and would ignore greetings or just roll his eyes at them. He was always very petty and I tried my best to not rock the boat while looking forward to parting ways with him when the session ended. I decided to host a party at the end of the school year and I started to make plans for that. I asked my roommate if he wanted to join in and he mumbled something about having other plans. I was disappointed but tried my best to mask it. My friend and I had plans when we were leaving for college and that was not it. We planned to organize the most fun parties. To be cool guys who also took our academic work seriously. I shrugged it off and my neighbor helped me plan the party. We designed the flyer together and I used her printer to print them out. I sent invites to many people on campus and everyone was excited about it. That weekend, as people came in for the party, I spotted my roommate outside sitting and smoking a cigarette. I was surprised to see him around since he had said he wouldn't be around and had other plans. I figured at some point that he was just trying to get out of attending the party, but I also thought he'd leave the house at least when the party was holding. I walked up to him and said, Hey, I thought you had other plans. My plans changed, he said, not even looking at me. Oh, great. You're welcome to join the party if you want. I was only being polite saying that. I honestly didn't want him around with his foul energy and pettiness. He said, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be at your stupid party. I laughed dryly and said, you know, that works for me. It's not like you're the kind of person anyone wants at their parties anyway. Nobody wants to deal with a man who's being a witch. He threw his cigar on the floor and stepped on it. What did you just say? I say, you heard me. Just as I was about to walk away, he pulled me back and punched me in the face. I retaliated and my neighbor friend stepped in and so did other people present. I left the scene with my neighbor. She was disappointed. She said, listen, don't let him suck you into his drama. You wanted to end the session with a bang. Don't let him spoil the fun. I agreed and we went on with our businesses as the hosts of the party. Just as we were all having fun, the cops knocked and busted our party. They'd been called by someone that said there was violence and too much noise going on at our party. The party was mostly filled with people I knew from school. They were all cordial and no one was fighting. The music wasn't loud at all too, and it had been hours since my roommate and I were involved in a fist fight. I said, I can assure you officers, there's nothing of the sort going on. That didn't make them change their minds though. They made everyone leave and the party ended abruptly. My neighbors insisted it was my roommate who called the cops on the party, but I was reluctant to believe it. I just thought to myself that he would never do that. That would be too petty and too low. 
He was involved in the fight too, so it was unlikely that he would rat himself out. My neighbor laughed and said, It's not like he was going to tell him he was involved. All he had to do was say that it was happening. I waved her off and we went to bed. The next morning, she was in our apartment to clean with me. I drank a little too much the night before, so my head was aching. My roommate started to play really loud metal music over the speaker in his room, and it drove me crazy and made my head hurt even more. I knocked on his door to tell him to keep it down, but he didn't even respond, so I yelled at him to keep it down. I can't deal with this, my neighbor said and left. My roommate's been a jerk for far too long, but it was the end of the session, and I would never have to be in the same space as him ever again. He soon turned the music off and came out of the room to the kitchen where I was making soup to help with my head. Sorry about your party, he said with a mischievous smile on his face. I ignored him. Sorry your fun was ruined. There was a smug, victorious look on his face. Did you call the cops on my party, I asked, hoping that I was right and that my former best friend and roommate would never go that low. Yes, I did. He poured juice out of a jug into a cup, waiting for me to say something. I didn't say a word. I got my soup off the stove and left for my room. That evening, I called his parents and told them their son had dropped out. They were shocked and berated me for not telling them sooner. His parents took that sort of thing seriously, so they flew down to the state we were in and came to the apartment the next afternoon. I found the look of horror on his face when he saw his parents deeply satisfying. His mother was in tears and his dad was very disappointed in him. He knew I did it, and when he looked at me, I shrugged and said, sorry for ruining the fun. I left the apartment to give them some privacy and when I returned, his parents were just leaving. He had apparently told them the truth about not wanting to be a lawyer. I never got to know if they accepted his choice of profession because I got an internship in an accounting firm during summer break, so I moved out early and cut him off. I never spoke to him again. He texted me much later apologizing for his childishness. He added that he was kind of grateful that I told his parents. I didn't care and never responded. Knowing his parents, they would give him a hard time about dropping out. And I felt that would compensate for the times he made a living heck for me. Let's be real here, as much as OP wants to claim this is a real nuclear revenge, I would say this is more like a nuclear favor for their ex-friend. They were just too chicken poop to tell their parents the truth. OP, in an attempt to try to get back at them, actually did them the biggest favor of their lives. Like, yeah, it's gonna be harder, but at least they can actually pursue the thing they want now without shame. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was absolutely crazy, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.